This episode of the Edify Studios podcast is brought to you by Vitrum Glass Group. Let Vitrum Glass Group free you from the limitations of screen printing and turn your next architectural product into a glass canvas. With digital printed ceramic frit, you can design with a variety of opacities, multiple colors, and custom designs. All created by digitally mixing ceramic inks to create a durable, UV-resistant, long-lasting design. Start today with your own custom graphic or choose from one of Vitrum's exclusive ready-to-print designs. To learn more, visit www.vitrum.ca. That's www.vitrum.ca. Welcome to the Edify Studios podcast, discussing the shift of architectural concepts into actual solutions, disrupting the current status quo, and having a blast the whole time. Here are your hosts, Brad Blauser and Brad Walker. Hey guys, welcome back to the Edify Studios podcast. We're doing it again. We are on it again, AIA 2019. How They're are you, still, Mr. Walker? I'm doing excellent. They still have not kicked us off any of the medias yet. No, we are still So we're here. still invading all the spaces. We're still here. We are... <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're taking over. It's a total takeover. We're at AIA 19. Uh, it's been an incredible show. Uh, there's about 45 million people uh, <laughs> all here to see one person. I thought and we 46 were lucky million, wasn't it? 46 million. 46 million, yeah. Exactly. All here to see one person, and we were lucky enough to snag her As she for walks our in. show. Claire, why don't she you walks in yourself? our booth. <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself, Claire? Of all the gin joints. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm Claire Marie. Hi, Claire. Claire Marie Holian. I uh, use first and middle. My parents were very creative with the name. Claire <laughs> Marie <laughs> Holian. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be here with the Brads. Yeah, Brad squared. that's right. Brad squared. Yeah, yeah. What, however it works. It just rolls off the tongue. Name you know? so nice, we use it twice. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Brads. Hi. <laughs> well, hello. It's good to see you. Good to meet you. We Thanks. actually get to get we get to know you for a little bit of the first time right now. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, Wonderful. this is so you guys are actually going to join us getting to know Claire a little bit. Great. So and can you call me Claire Marie, please? Yes, yes absolutely. She no, that's literally just talked about. She did the first and middle. She just she we just went through that. So we want to rewind that. A little <laughs> bit. Claire Marie. Hi, Claire Marie. Good to see you. <laughs> right. You Thanks, Brad. You're very <laughs> in case of an accident, you can yes. also throw in Anne Marie or Jean Marie. Okay. You know, any of those Anything are better than Claire. Oh, is it yeah. Really? Or even Tell Marie Claire. Okay. Yeah. You can reverse it. We mm-hmm. can reverse it. You can it? be creative. But, like yeah. two, but two names. Two names so with a Marie. We're one name, but two names. Yes. Yeah. You're two names n- just in general. Yeah. I yeah. Like so it. I'm the square root. You're wow. squared. I'm square root. Man, she's mm-hmm. on it today. <laughs> and, it very, and very math heavy already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At 3.06 in the afternoon, Super she math is heavy like already. bright and alive. I mean, it's <laughs> yes. great. So give us, a, give us a snapshot. Take us back. Mm-hmm. Not that far. Okay. Uh, when you kind of d- just got into this whole game we're in now, this whole incredible Architecture world. game. Sure. So, Architecture game. Yeah, we would love to know the origin story a little bit about Claire Marie. I mean, you've, and then we'll kind of get into some of that Arcfina arc mm-hmm. stuff, like, mm-hmm. and and give making sure that people can reach out to you. But tell us a little bit about your background and in kind of the how you made it here. Sure, great. Well, I was always creative as a child. Okay. My parents encouraged me with every art form imaginable, awesome. and awesome. I loved making sculptures and crafty things paper mache uh two of my favorite things i made as a child were painted boxes so i would make 
uh, boxes out of cardboard that had lids that fit onto them and then oh. paper mache and then I would paint them with intricate designs and colors. Wow. Like mosaic stuff? Um, kind of like African textiles. What? Ooh. You know, but designed yeah. by a seven-year-old. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> then I also painted Ked's shoes, you know, the white Ked's. Yes, yeah. absolutely. With the same designs, colorful Did designs. you really? And I sold them for 20 bucks. Yeah. This was in like 1990. Brilliant. <laughs> that is like <laughs> super really? entrepreneurial at also, seven years old. Ked's were fly in 90. <laughs> they were yeah, super fly. they were really they were cool back fly. then. That was yeah. the spot. Yeah, yeah. That was the exactly. spot to do it. So you were lucky to be there at that moment. Yeah. Jump on the Ked's wagon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> totally. So you're, you're painting Ked's, <laughs> selling them as your first side hustle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then I'm just going to fast forward sure. to high school. Do it. Um, so I was also really into music. Um, I have a musical mind and come from a musical family. My dad was a handyman and he worked for a music venue. So, so classical? classical? No, yeah. all different. Every oh, band really? okay. in the world came there. Uh Fish and um, oh, you know I, like uh, I I'm blanking on oh, don't Red Hot Chili Peppers. And really? They all came. My son's in the Red Hot Theater. Chili Peppers right now. He's uh, actually learning them okay. on the guitar and going back and yeah. forth. Like so, he's he's getting into, he's, he calls it he calls it like uh, how does he say it? like not classic rock. No, he's just like that's that's from way back. Yeah, mm, old school. Yeah, old school that's music. Old yeah, school. yeah, mm. it's it's old school music. I got, you know, I got the red, I, sure. yeah retro. I got Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. playing. So, anyways, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so my dad was taking me to buildings, okay. and exposing me to music, and I played violin too. Oh. Um, and I always heard about architecture, and I was interested in it, and I was thinking about being a musician. And then I thought to myself, what am I really good at? What am I naturally good at? And I just had this How knowing. How self-aware is this high school that's student at this time? <laughs> like Hyper-aware. 16, like, 17. Okay, like, but that's I don't think I also asked myself that question until like last Friday. Okay, <laughs> but I'll, I'll just, you can speak on this more to me, more to this than I can. Uh, I, I have it. two young boys. Mm. Yes. And I don't think they'll be hyper aware till 34, 35 mm. years of age. <laughs> I think that just shows you uh, girls just tend to look at things earlier in such a, such a more elaborate way. You have a boy and a girl. Correct. So I'm sure you're starting to see mm-hmm. that already. No, absolutely. So this is interesting. So at yeah. age 16, 17. Yeah, I'm reflecting and just thinking, <laughs> like, what can I be Where really, I really successful at? So I was always an achiever. You know, I always had to get straight A's. I was one of those kids. Yeah. And I wasn't going to do something that I knew I wouldn't be really good at. And okay. I was above average at music. But I wasn't the best. Okay. And even though I didn't entirely know what architecture was, I just had a feeling that I would be really good at it. That, hey, that's incredible. That is incredible, actually. So the your, your, the self-awareness of, an eight, of a 16, 17-year-old girl yeah. walking into saying, what's the career direction I want to go or mm-hmm. how do I want to keep creating? Because I can see music and paper mache and painting cats. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in some reality, that, does, that, that boils down. It, though, like but that boils right down to what some true architecture is, mm-hmm. right? It's true. It's taking this canvas and sort of slapping some colors to it to a certain degree or, or drawing. I mean, they used to hand draw, obviously, everything. Mm-hmm. So no, right. That, That's that, very that, true. So the, the, you weren't an architect unless you were a almost classically trained artist Mm -hmm. to to follow the lines and to have the tools and the, and the, and the right things. So I see the, I see the moments of wildly creative because Mm -hmm. that is architecture, whether you like it or not, Mm -hmm. you have to be wildly creative, see things that aren't there, Mm -hmm. right? Not, not, not not like ghosts, right? (laughs) Not Not ghosts. ghosts. (laughs) But to see things, visioning was a, was a great way to say it is you, you have to be able to conceptualize something that isn't there yet. Mm -hmm. But, but, could be and should be and will be mm-hmm. right envisioning envisioning yes uh, absolutely mm-hmm. and then 
you tie all those together. And I think that screams architect to mm-hmm. realize it is, is incredible and to pursue it is even 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 better. Mm-hmm. So what what did was there classes? Was there actually different avenues? I mean, where in the country is this mm. right now? Let's let's this talk about this is in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, yeah, America. And I had a grandfather who was an architect. That's cool. Too. What part of Wisconsin? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Okay. One of his sons became an architect and his father was too. So there were three generations wow. before me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you kind of had it. You kind of had it a little bit in the at the at the conversation table, like sure. Christmas or whatever it yes. was. You should. I knew what it was. And and mm-hmm. did so did your relatives also design buildings there locally, or did were they involved um, in projects some were local? So my grandfather Brust, um, he designed Catholic churches mostly. Oh. Some other buildings. Um, I think there was someone else in the family who was in. The priesthood? I'm not exactly sure. Sure. On the details. No, that's fine. <laughs> there was Us a lot either. family Catholic. This is the first connection. time we're hearing yeah, yeah. this, so you can't say it wrong. You yeah. can make it up, really. <laughs> yeah, Catholic connection. <laughs> sure. Um, there's at least one beautiful church in Milwaukee that I know that was his. There's also that's a structural so engineer on that side of the family, but it actually wasn't in the blood because my dad was adopted. Well, in the, around the family table, I guess. I yeah. Know. So you it was. I mean? at least it, it was in a cultural. Not in your, not in your code. But in your... In the culture. Culture. Yeah. Yes. Osmosis-y. Exactly. (laughs) And I'll tell you one other fun detail about high school. So I loved organic chemistry. Absolutely. Who doesn't? Loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? Loved organic chemistry. (laughs) No, obviously. And my one disappointment of architecture school was that I I couldn't take organic chemistry. It wasn't required. Like for every the major. high school <laughs> student. Yeah. So I have walks this science the, part the hallway, of my brain. just hanging their head. Oh. <laughs> Where is that organic chemistry I class? That is not one of the things I hated about high school. So good for you. Ages and leaps abound uh, above most people. This That's is, great. This is, this is, now this you is, really know me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. they really know you too. Yeah, so this no, is no. actually yeah. great. This is really good. This, so. is, this is incredible. So now you're in. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. you're you're still plotting your course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you decide on a direction, and then you go where? I decide to get a scholarship. Okay. Yeah. So I ended up going to IIT in Chicago. I had a full ride there. I wanted to go to New York, but I didn't know about Cooper Union at the time. Um, their tuition free school. So I tried Pratt, but I only got a half scholarship to Pratt. So that's why I went to Chicago. IIT. Yeah. yeah, it was an amazing experience. However, I still wanted to go to New York. <laughs> I have my heart set on that. So I actually sure. transferred two years later and went to Cooper Union and then finished up my degree there. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And where you wanted to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I wanted to be Which in New is York. Exactly. Poetic. Mm hmm. Outstanding. So you're there, you're you're finishing up in, in, in New York, and you're like, okay, I should probably do something mm-hmm. now that I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I worked for SOM. Oh that was my, my first job. So you, skid- you just Owens. stepped into SOM? Skidmore <laughs> Owens Merrill? My goodness. Yeah, yeah. well, I yeah. talked to the right people. I, I like talked it. to enough people so that I could find... I, basically, I talked to everyone I knew until I found someone who knew a partner. Oh, my goodness. And you're not... I probably hustle. shouldn't say this, but you're not really supposed to do that anymore. This was a long sure. time ago. <laughs> like the world all of a sudden changed the it's who you know policies. Yeah. Don't think so. <laughs> so I got my no, interview. I went in there. That's good. I went. They put me right in technical. You can you have to choose technical or design. Okay. In the New York office. Kay. So I went into technical. I was in healthcare. 
my favorite mentor was Bill Sarama. He's a healthcare architect, retired now. Um, Bill and several other people, Stefano Pachi, um, really took me under their wing and they taught me so much stuff. It was tremendously educational. Pro- project management, time well, management, not quite project or management. Like really design type of work? Or? Yeah, design, construction documents, detailing, exterior envelope, how to put together a drawing set, all that stuff. All the basic stuff sure. you need to know. Fundamentals is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It doesn't exist a lot as far as like the mentorships with I think within the the AIA firms and and um, I think there's a lot of that of, of really good educated architects that actually have that uh, capability. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not. It's interesting to kind of hear how that was fostered. Mm-hmm. I guess within that program, that's pretty cool. And yeah. it's patience. You have it's to be patience. so patient because everything they teach you in school is great. But there's basically, if you did a Venn diagram of everything you learn in school and everything you learn on the job, there's only a tiny bit of overlap. It's pretty separate, all uh, of the sure. knowledge. No, yeah. absolutely. Wow. That's, so that's tremendous. So SOM was your first introduction mm-hmm. to architecture. Yes. That's, per, that's, that's quite an introduction. Yes. Yeah, I went I mean, straight into the deep end. Yeah, <laughs> you did. But, 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 but also, starting at somewhere that is so wildly able to give you so much content mm-hmm. and perspective and just broad range mm-hmm. of, of, of what exists out there. Yeah. Right. Because you can, you can get into architecture and it can be as microscopic as you want it to be mm-hmm. in this one nook mm-hmm. of this one niche, or you can have somebody who really spans a globe mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of firms like, uh, like them that, that do a, a vast amount and they do it very well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think that's incredible that to get that much experience, uh, though it might be like drinking from a fire hose mm-hmm. to a certain degree. It was it's still, <laughs> absolutely. It's still a pretty tasty yeah. fire hose. Yeah, right. It like, is a pretty. It's mm-hmm. it's the most delicious fire. It's the hose. most delicious. It was it was immersion. It was learning by immersion. Sure. I had my rad. projects that I was working on in technical and healthcare studio, but I was also surrounded by all these other people, and you work super long hours, so you get to know everyone very well. And I sat next to the Tower One team. There were 30 wow. architects working on that, on those drawings, round the clock, before they were going out. Um, and I didn't directly work with her, but I'll mention Nicole Dosso. She's one of my role models of all time. Um, yeah, we have a few. She's the coolest. Yeah, we have a few. That's super, pretty rad. Just super cool. I, I'm not sure of her title. I think it's director now at SOM, but she led the Tower One team, and just watching her lead that team was absolutely amazing and they also had a a studio they called black box where they did all this cool new technology stuff and black box would give lectures for everybody else with discussions inside the firm yeah inside the wow (laughs) and see that's that's where people start to i think detach their understanding of the importance or the role that architects can play in in things Mm -hmm. like this we Seattle recently went through a renovation of the Space Needle. Mm. To me, that is a terrifying job to win. Mm. Oh yeah, because it's so it's public. so iconic and iconic. Yeah. And it's everybody's going to be, be looking at your work. Yeah, and you better not screw up the Space mm-hmm. Needle, right? Exactly. To me, that is a very similar job mm-hmm. where every eye, yeah, is on you. You the pressure better do a good job, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that. It, it, that adds a whole other humane element that gets sort of left out of the equation so many times because a lot of times it's just like building is a building is a building, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that it's not, but that amount of pressure, I can't even <laughs> understand. <laughs> There's some people oh. in this world 
that thrive on pressure. And I'm glad they're there because <laughs> but the if I were asked to do it, we'd be in a heap of, <laughs> heap of trouble. No, I think what you're what you're bringing into the conversation is the responsibility that the arch- the architectural community has because these mm. are the buildings that actually shape our culture, which mm-hmm. end up shaping yeah. the lives of future generations, right? Absolutely. And, it, um, and those expressions of architecture that, that is now known as Tower One, mm-hmm. and even just yeah. the healthcare facilities that you mm-hmm. worked on mm-hmm. um, it, that actually that take care of those individuals, um, it's not how many beds or how many, what your occupancy rate, and those things are just residuals of what is going to happen, but how how the jobs of the nurses and doctors and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the systems and the facility managers Movement, flow cleanliness mm-hmm. the the mic like abs- absolutely like everything that's in there the responsibility that you had that you were able to dive in at the level of som in the number one market in the world i'm just i'm kind of like reeling through this in a little bit i'm just kind of taking inventory and maybe spinning he's jealous spinning, <laughs> he's, spending he's a little bit more jealous. time like like yes the, the, first off i didn't know this this is the first time, oh. you know. What I mean, and and I and yeah. I'm and I'm. Anyways, it's really really cool to actually have this opportunity to talk about. To talk well, thanks about. So for sure. I'm happy to share it. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. It's been an amazing, amazing journey, and you're yeah. only on my first job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank no. you for joining the Edify yeah. Studios <laughs> podcast. Uh, no, no. So, so that's that's yeah, because we're just getting cooking, right? Like that's just beginning and the, and the shaping mm-hmm. of the foundation of, of, of the of the drive right that's mm-hmm. just starting to to format the uh, the roadmap mm-hmm. uh, so where do we go next okay so the recession happened it did <laughs> when uh, 2008 oh yeah what? so i yeah. joined the profession <laughs> right before in 2007 uh, yeah we, uh, yeah it's, a, mm-hmm. it's about the time we started busting into this and busting in this side of it i've been i've been a part of it since about 2002 mm. so and i just stayed within it i don't know if it was smart mm-hmm. or not but mm-hmm. we're here yeah you're so. still here <laughs> yeah. so no so no it wasn't <laughs> no it was great. you survived <laughs> yes you, you more did. than survived you thrived <laughs> you did but no go ahead so 2008 yeah recession around. happened a okay. whole bunch of people were laid off from SOM. Um, I actually made it through six months of layoffs, so I'm like, I'm proud of myself for that. Yes, that's huge. <laughs> Even though I had only been there for one year. That's a big deal. Uh, so then I worked freelance for a little while uh, okay. for a sole practitioner architect, and I got to get a taste of what high-end residential is like in New York City. Oh. Worked on an apartment that was combining um, two units and a Park Avenue building. Okay. Wow. And then after that, I worked for a small firm called Kenny and Con Architects. That does almost exclusively public schools for the School Construction Authority. Mm-hmm. And that was a really good move because those projects continue yeah. through the recession. For sure. That they we happen. They just, they're going to happen. You know, and, and, and before this, I was talking about kind of the where we'd kind of come into doing, I don't know, working together. Yeah. Um, it's like through that recession time, we were working a lot of public projects. We were mm-hmm. working on just um, Army bases and Navy bases nationwide warrior and transition buildings mm. looking at um soldier ca- family care facilities mm-hmm. um a lot of those a lot of those projects um th- from an exterior envelope and blast mitigation and yeah. glazing standpoint so for us it was a um uh, the recession actually retrospectively meant a lot for making sure that the infrastructure of america still stands yeah you know because i think it was really important to kind of just not only see the private sector do so well but then all of a sudden kind of take a pause but that public sector work that I think is just so important from like a facilities management Wildly standpoint. Important. 
Wow. So that's really cool that you actually similarly experienced mm -hmm. the public school nature of, yeah. of the site of the architecture, which is equally as important <laughs> to tell you the truth. And that's a very intense client. So oh, yeah. they have their own design standards and everything's very strict the sure. way they review everything. Correct. So that was another kind of pressure cooker. And the schedules are also super rigorous because you have to finish everything before yeah. school starts. So if the contractor is late, if something isn't built right, it has to get redone, you are under the gun and yeah. you have to finish it. So, so it was you, very intense. What did you manage there? Did you run projects and then just run through CA or? Yeah. How, okay. How did, yeah. Okay. It was a small firm. So that role I did move into kind of a blend between project architect and project manager there. Okay. And it was mostly renovations. We had some addition projects and a lot of the buildings were uh, between 1880 and 1940. So I got a taste of historic preservation at the same time. So it was historic preservation, wow. schools, renovations, very technical, a lot of building code stuff, and construction administration. Jeez. So everything. Mm -hmm. you know, just literally just, yeah, mm -hmm. another immersion process. Yes, yes. Wow. And it was everything I didn't learn at SOM because so they were a big firm. This was a small <laughs> firm. You had to do everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. I can see that. Right. Everything except write the checks. <laughs> Now I write the checks. <laughs> gotcha. So now, you know, bring it back, bring it back in today. Where Fast now? Forward. Where? Yeah. How do you? How? Like how? Tell us a little bit about where you're at, what the sure. firm is, and yeah. your creation behind it, and why. Totally. Um, so a few more years, I worked at a couple more small firms, then I worked at Smith Group, uh, worked my way down to DC, and eventually I figured out that I had this really strong interest in research and specifically building quality, um, sure. and I needed the freedom to to do that on my own yeah, um, because when you're at a firm, whether it's big or small, you have so many responsibilities, so many things that you need to do. If you have this pet project, um, the, the principles of the firm are usually like, great, sure, do that in your free time. But it's kind of hard to balance that after, and everything after, else. After your 14 hour work day? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So going off on my own was a natural choice sure. to give me the freedom to be able to pursue some of these research interests that I had at the same time as doing projects. Okay. So I started ArcFina almost a year ago, and that um, I actually only did one project uh, because I was doing my research okay. at the same time. Yeah. So I did a renovation of a historic home in Capitol Hill in D.C., um, and that's in construction right now. So that was really fun. Green wow. roof. And actually, we went through zoning, had to get a special exception uh, for so the roof penthouse. Historical project that you mm -hmm. actually built a penthouse on top? Exactly. Okay. Penthouse and a green roof and a roof deck. We actually cut the deck out of the roof. So it was subtracting from the attic. Wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, was, that was a kind of an so unusual that was, that was eventual Arc project. Fina. Arc Fina. Okay. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, I had this philosophy and research about building quality uh, that was born mostly out of my frustration. So having worked for <laughs> some of the best firms. Her frustration. <laughs> yeah, I was very the frustrated. The most frustrated. The most very frustrated. frustrated. Having worked on hospitals and schools and public projects, I saw really the best of the best buildings. And everywhere else I went, I saw buildings that were crappy. And I would look at everything. I would look at the details. I would analyze them. I would check them out. And I would think this is going to fall apart in 10 or 15 or maybe 20 years. Sure. Then you're rebuilding it or you're replacing large chunks of the building. It's all going in a landfill. And think yeah. about how much yeah. money you spent on that. Ugh. 
and you will continue to spend to maintain yeah. that. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, a private owner or whether it was taxpayer money, it's a waste financially and it's a waste in the landfill. For sure. So I had this problem in my mind of how do we solve this? How do we get the profession to build higher quality buildings? Or was there anything happening along that same conversation elsewhere in the industry? Or was it more kind of you felt like you were, this was a mission for you? Um, I felt like it was a mission for me because uh, building quality, when you say it, it sounds kind of nebulous. People don't really know what you're talking about. Sure. And most of the emphasis in the profession, it's on sustainability, resiliency, yeah. other things. Um, life but cycle. I saw, yeah, life cycle mm -hmm. cost. Life cycle cost and life cycle analysis really goes with building quality. Okay. Because if you look at longevity, longevity is a major factor Correct. in building quality. So what I set out to do was to create a system for measuring building quality. Because you can't improve something you don't know how to measure. If you want to lose weight, you need a scale. Okay. Right? You okay. always need a measuring stick. And what's happening in the industry is the healthcare buildings are doing one thing. The office buildings are doing another thing. Multifamily is doing another thing. And most of the ways that they're evaluating buildings, whether it's facility condition assessments or other forms of building analysis, right. they are very qualitative. And they don't give you that much of a metric. Oh, yeah. And what I wanted to do was to compare building quality to finance, to the economics. Because if you look at economics, there's a theory that I love called the two boots theory. Do two you know boots this? theory. Enlighten us. I don't think that I do. Enlighten us. Yeah. Imagine that there's a poor man and a rich man. Okay. And they both need a pair of boots. So the poor man just buys whatever he can afford. Correct. Doesn't matter what it's made of, whatever he can buy. The rich man will probably get a really high quality version that's going to last a long time. Okay. So the poor man's boots wear out and either he has to repair them or he might have to replace them two or three or even four times in the same amount of time that the rich man had one pair of boots. Okay. So even if the poor man's boots were cheaper in the beginning, he ends up spending more money than the rich man. Hmm. This is a major problem and it, the same issue happens, you know, with poverty all over the world. But bringing it back to architecture, a lot of what's going up right now in the industry is poor man boots of buildings. Disposable almost. Disposable buildings, right. yes. And I would define that as a building that has a life cycle of less than 25 years for most of its systems. Which is wildly short. Right? Yeah. I mean, in, in I retrospect mean, of architecture... It, I mean, the, oh. what, what, you look what, at history. You look at history. You Go back to the churches. Yeah, exactly. Talking about churches, those those churches are some of the only things that last from civilizations mm -hmm. because of how they're built, right? Yeah, and we're talking uh, twenty years, mm -hmm. which is a, a nothing amount of time. It's one third of a lifetime, or even one fourth of a lifetime. Right. Yeah, unbelievable. And it's changed over history because if you look at pre nineteen forty, most of those buildings will last a hundred plus years. If you do a few renovations, if you upgrade the building systems, mechanical, electrical, yeah, some structural seismic yeah, stuff, a little, right. little bit yeah. of upgrades, yeah. and you Windows. can easily get 100 Ding. years. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But that's all changed. Yeah. Okay. You know? So I'd like to see a movement of looking towards designing and building higher quality buildings. How long was this a complaint for you? For me? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I became aware of it probably about two to three years into my career. Okay. So almost 10 years ago. So through, through SOM realizing it, but also 
but you you mentioned qualitative. Yeah, it, right? yeah. So. I mean, I had a qualitative understanding of this early in my career. It's definitely something that was percolating in my mind, and but then became, I wouldn't have been able to explain it very well back then. No, and I, I, you're obviously well versed on it now. I, I, I actually, it's very engaging because I, I, we talk about this from a from a manufacturer and product and engineering standpoint all the time mm-hmm. on the product side of things and making sure that the life cycle. Um, is not just a simple payback program. Mm-hmm. You know, we're actually looking at the uh, of a total holistic design, right? Mm-hmm. And it's an, it's an understanding of of not only that it meets a certain specification because it is made of aluminum, so to speak, or mm-hmm. or a certain species of wood. It's not that, but it's the overall it's the overall longevity of that that product being put within the pro- mm-hmm. project. So, it's interesting to talk about. But I'm I'm just curious from like a philosophy standpoint. It was percolating. When did it start become like absolutely obvious? You, I mean, oh. you, you started Arknura. Arc, so Arcfina came aboard, did one project, and then it became just so gripping. They were just mm-hmm. like, I got to do this. It's yeah. Just like, stop well, complaining about it and go for it. Exactly. So I had, I had the research kind of in my back pocket okay. already at the time that I started Arcfina. But at that point, I had maybe three or four different directions that the research could go because it has applications. It has applications in real estate finance. It has applications in risk management, um, the insurance for real estate. It touches a lot of other things, building quality. So I wasn't really sure. I was just rolling around in, in my mind and on paper, you know, what is the right application of this? And I decided it needs to be measured, first of all. And I could work out the other applications later. Sure. Okay. So, Arknura mm-hmm. was, was born. Yeah, so exactly. So, talk, talk about that. That's interesting. So, Arknura was created uh, to launch the Building Quality Index. So, that's the measurement system okay. for building quality. And it's based on four different parameters. Have you heard of the triple bottom line? Have not heard of the triple bottom line. Okay, I'm, I'm very. This is this is mind bending for us. I mean, it, because we talk a lot about the direction we want to take um, and disrupt that. And I and I'd love to hear the disruption of basically saying no. We're going to actually put pen to paper. We're going to actually put measuring tape to board, and we're mm-hmm. going to actually do this project. Mm-hmm. So tell tell me about that. Sure. I'm very interested. So triple bottom line, it's actually a concept from business, not in architecture. If you want to evaluate a company's performance, you can look at its social performance yes, and I its have environmental. Go ahead, though. So you know. Yes, yep. What I did is I added in process okay. to make it quadruple bottom line. Because okay. in architecture, the design process is critical. If well, you change how you design it, you change the building. So your qualitative research led you back into, uh, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, to bring the business a business format to architecture process or, yes. or, or bring the process. I'm just, it's a framework. Okay. Yeah. It's a okay. framework. So you know how in lead, like it has, um, sustainable sites yes. and then it has water and then right. it has, um, energy, you know, those different categories. Innovation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These four groupings are the categories. Got it. You need some kind of category. Yeah. Otherwise it's just a whole big bucket of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just flomping around. <laughs> Which every project yeah. basically has been. Yes. Or, or can become very quickly. Yeah, it can. Yes. It can get very loose. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Got it. 
So the four parameters each have data points. And those data points are what defines building quality. There's 70 plus points. Some of those are yes, no parameters. Other of those have a hierarchy within them and they're each given a numeric score. So the four categories can add up to a number of points. I say add up, but it's not entirely a sum. It's more like a system of relationships and there's an equation for each. So there's four equations that then come together in one big equation. And what this is in, in math language is an optimization problem because you don't want to build the highest quality Taj Mahal for every building. It doesn't make economic sense. But you want to build- the process to go through what it would take to do the Taj Mahal doesn't necessarily detract from the overall cost and the cost the, of the project. The I bulk mean, of it can't be that different if it's done right. True. But right? True. Okay, go ahead, though. I'm, I'm interested What I mean by optimization is that there's a sweet spot. Yes. You can go all the way. You can put all the bells and whistles. Sure. You can put the fanciest windows and doors, everything you right. ever wanted. Sure. Um, but there's only so much money that is reasonable and realistic to spend. Sure. So per project. what is the optimization? What's the optimal amount of money to spend where okay. you get a good amount of longevity, a good amount of durability, where you get social impact? A lot of good performance, environmental performance, resiliency, all these other things. What's the optimal amount? And so what this BQI has done is to create numbers that show you where is that optimal range. It's to give indicators to make sure that that can actually be So is is this software driven? It will be. Okay. So right now it's applied math. Okay. And the stage that it's currently at, I am looking for buildings to enroll in the system. And then once I get all of that data. Wink, wink. Yes, please. <laughs> Bring me your buildings. Bring the buildings around. <laughs> Any commercial building can enroll. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from knowing the school um, lifespan and understanding what that, that client actually wanted in that smaller firm, I mean, have they? Have you actually talked to that industry? Have you actually can, came back to that, that those owners and said, hey, this is the direction of building quality index? Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've you've thought about going down the path and like introducing it to them, or are they? Mm-hmm. How's it? How's the reception been? I'm just starting that process. Just starting the process. Yeah. Okay. So right now, um, I just launched the website. Just went live. What's and the website? Tell us the website. Arknura.com. Yes. Spell it. Spell it out for us. A R C H N E U R A. Com. Yeah, so it's like architecture and neuron, Ooh. but Nura. Nura. Yeah. Arknura.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll post that here, and we'll make yes. sure the links are on there as well. Um, uh, and what are they going to find when they get there? Uh, it's a bit general. Okay. <laughs> there's so more brochure-driven right now. Yes. Okay. There's there's more stuff that's going to go on but there. But it has to be right now. We, uh, can I yeah. warm it up a little bit? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's really just starting at this point, and... I'm also working on a bunch of white papers to describe how you can use the BQI. What is the functional purpose and what is the value proposition for the BQI? Infographic driven or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Info, graphics, fun stuff, and math. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So what's what's the plan with the BQI and then what's the plan with Argnura? Like what's your next step? Sure. What what can we plan on? The plan is to enroll sets of 200 buildings. And the reason for that is that quality is benchmarked according to the industry. So the 200 buildings is like a microcosm of the industry at large. There's a percentile. There's a score for each of these four areas. Then that is given a percentile for the industry and a percentile for the sector, if you're healthcare, education, et cetera. 
Okay. So I'm finding those 200 buildings. And the logical next step after that um, is to continue it and to, you can use that data for so many things. You can use it for economic analysis. You can use it for a deeper understanding of risk in the insurance industry, wow. real estate. And you can use that to help owners make better financial decisions. I would see that from a, from a, like a business standpoint, like any like owner is going to bring that within their, like an opportunity for their project. Yeah. I mean, how do you, what's, what's, what's your pitch to them? How do you actually say like, Hey, I like this BQI is here. We would like to do this. We'd like to offer it. If you could talk to that owner now, mm-hmm. if, I don't care if it's in educational or healthcare sure. or hospitality, like you choose the sector, but what would you, what would you say to them? I would ask them if they know the impact that their building quality has on their finances because probably they don't know. And what this information does is it fills that gap. That's, I think, super interesting. Super interesting. <laughs> and I think it goes because- I'm thinking on a couple of things, but go yeah, ahead. Because I, I think it falls down a couple of different it. lanes. Everybody wants ROI, mm-hmm. right? Everybody wants ROI, but it, that means something different in different formats, right? Exactly. ROI could mean I'm making a lot of money because I'm building something people want in a place that they're gonna need it, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. That's not ROI <laughs> that you would normally get, but that mm-hmm. could be considered ROI. So that they could overlook potential opportunities that would exist in looking at it from this format that could, yeah, th- they're going to get ROI the way they're looking, but this could extend that even beyond what mm-hmm. they, could, they could think of. And it also makes it so that they understand the sustainability of it in a different zone or different market. Uh, I think that's wildly fascinating because ROI is everything to so many projects mm-hmm. oh, it's it, tremendous it's, or leasable square footage or those are the things that we hear on the constant from the developers and the owners is is i need to make sure that i am not just i don't want to build a building to be a landmark for me and in my legacy mm-hmm. some do most mm-hmm. don't uh, <laughs> that, that the, that's their business right mm-hmm. well and i think about it in a couple formats of the all the ri and how they're getting back out of it but the buyout processes. We talk a lot yeah. about buyout processes through through um, making sure that um, uh, the the craftsman, the artisan, the project manager, the guy that's actually doing the work, applying himself, has that forty years of industry knowledge or twenty five even, bringing that application to the work. There's so much inside that mm. knowledge of bringing that into the place. You're actually now quantifying a lot yeah. of that mm-hmm. over over a good amount of project history. And then allowing that not to necessarily die off because just simple attrition that's going to happen if this artisan guy is no longer in the market, he no longer has the opportunity to come and give that feedback for that project, you're actually documenting and putting it into an index that's going to then backfeed the system to make smarter decisions exactly. coming forward. It becomes really useful for portfolios if you have a lot of buildings. If you just measure one building, it's not that useful. No. But if I, you look at a lot in context of each other, it becomes tremendously informative. And you can sure. see which buildings are falling short, which buildings may need what kind of improvements. So is this on existing structures as well, on existing buildings that are looking forward to renovation? Ooh. It is designed yeah. for Great any question. existing building. Okay. It's You can't really use it if it's not built yet. And there will most likely be a later phase where there's a BQI just, design had, tool. Yeah, I had, I had two opposite directions. Yeah. Is it, the de- so you're talking about the de- B- BQI design tool for future That's later. structures. That's yeah. later. So okay. right now it's not a design tool. Right now it's an existing building quality benchmarking tool. Okay. And what can happen later is 
once we do multiple data sets, multiple so, groups of these 200 buildings, we'll know what is a BQI 500 building. Then later, right. architects can say, okay, we're gonna build, this one's gonna be a BQI 400 because that's appropriate for this sector. Sure. And there will be an optimal budgetary range that is aligned with that. Who sets the standards for the numbers? Is it you? Are you <laughs> making me. it up as you go? Yeah. I love that. Well, I Arc wouldn't quite around. say make it up as I go. No, I would. There's I already did. I think the data <laughs> backfeeds the I data. I already right? did. There's industry standards. <laughs> yes. So anything that there is an industry standard for, it's referring to that. Got it. Any sort of ASTM, any sort of ASHRAE. Sure. Even some specialized consultants like Terrapin Bright Green Biophilic Patterns are embedded within it. For example. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? Terrapin Bright Green Biophilic Patterns. Can we put that in the subtitle? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's really great um, design patterns for just having people love so nature and buildings. Yeah. And what about, I mean, what about products or processes and qual and scoring programs like LEED or mm -hmm. Passive House or yeah. Living Building Challenge, um, the Green Building Districts, right? Those are great. Okay. I love all of those. So are they going to also backfeed inside they the BQI? Do. Oh, they do. Exactly. Okay. So BQI is an umbrella that goes over all of this stuff. It's very broad. It's very big picture. If the building had any of those things, LEED, BREEAM, et cetera, it's great. The information from those is used to make the BQI more accurate. There's a hierarchy of all the data points within BQI, a lot of them have hierarchy. The green building rating systems do have a hierarchy and they're based on performance data, energy use. What was on your utility statement? Mm. That's, that's a little that's bit my, more that was, important. That was my next question regarding mm -hmm. like, like energy service companies mm -hmm. that are actually going to be then working with building management systems mm -hmm. that are then backfeeding, okay, what's the real time happening? Or like yep. we're going to close this window mm -hmm. and open up this uh, clean air return and then make sure the mechanical like but also does it go this is this is just fascinating so it's an umbrella keep mm -hmm. keep discussing it further I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna have more questions but go ahead so those systems are compared based on quantitative metrics that you can pull from each all right so utility statements for example that's a required documentation if you want to enroll, enroll a building you have to have the utility statements if you did commissioning, that's also required if you did it. And from information like that, as well as, you know, if you had an energy model, we'll start to see, um, first of all, did you achieve what you set out to do in the rating system? Right. Because sure. a lot of times it's aspirational, but then there isn't the follow through. They didn't do the commissioning and it didn't quite reach everything it wanted to do. So BQI is looking more at the actual performance um, than what score was received. Does this does this then result into product performance? Product performance. Like what so, do you like mean? like if you're looking at the commissioning of a building and you're looking at the air barrier, mm -hmm. you're looking at the air performance of the overall envelope of the of oh, the project, yeah. right? Totally. And then and then you're going to backfeed that data into saying, yep. okay, um, meeting these certain standards are going to allow for these. There's a minimum threshold that exactly. we need to make sure that they adhere to. That's ASTMs. So when I said that certain okay. uh, data points have a hierarchy, that hierarchy and a more point value system based upon the hierarchy based upon the ASTM. Okay, interesting. So the seventy plus points, if you drilled into the seventy points, I can take one point and there's probably two pages explaining why it is what it is. And that's the white papers you're kind of currently working on right now. Connected. Yeah, okay. can, they're not done yet, but sure. yes. you're working on connecting. <laughs> yes. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, and part of it is that each of these seventy points is a variable. 
and they affect each other. So, for example, you might do one and then you don't need to do this other one, but you shouldn't be penalized. Like if you do, if you have a green roof, you shouldn't lose points because you didn't do solar <laughs> <laughs> on your roof. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Do a green solar roof at the same time as you're actually doing photovoltaic panels in the windows? Only shade-loving plants. Oh, yes. <laughs> Only shade. <laughs> yeah. Photovoltaic plants. Photovoltaic plants. <laughs> wow. Oh, there it is. <laughs> New innovation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, this is actually this is fascinating. So, till, uh, so your timeline have been about a year since you've been working on this. Um, where do you where do you see yourself in the next twelve months? What can people look for in the next quarter? Mm-hmm. And then and then where do we where do we need to go to access? That's some great of that stuff right now. Uh, so in I'm going to say six month time frame yeah, yeah. because each batch of two hundred buildings is a six month review period, okay. and that's for data collection, sorting, organizing, and analyzing. Gotcha. So the first batch of reports will come out in December, and then starting in January 2020 will be the second batch. Gotcha. And how much is in that? How many buildings are in that batch? Ideally, 200. Oh, okay. That so is, is to there. replicate the industry. Uh-huh. It's a microcosm gotcha. of the industry to get that industry percentile. So it's very important to take the 200 chunks. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, you could do 100. But from a statistical point of view, I'm not really comfortable with that. I, I wouldn't okay. I, I wouldn't present that. No, it's fair. No, it's I, fair. It need, it no, it gives to make it accurate, hey. it really needs to be a good chunk of buildings. No, it's... There's a lot of variation. I like... I, I like that you're that bullish about that. Actually. And I think that has to be a foundational rule. Like that has that's how the data is going to come to be right. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I get it. That makes sense. So wow. people have to know there is a time, you know, it's not instant because yeah. it involves reviewing a lot of documents and then extracting that information and currently there isn't really an automated way to do that. I hope that with AI and some other tools it'll become automated. Well, and that's the it direction. might be able to. Mm-hmm. And that's the dir- that's the other direction. I, I talk about a lot of the energy services companies and the direction they're taking ROI and actually commutative ROI on mm-hmm. projects and, and then looking at building management systems. We know that the, I mean, you've seen the overwhelming BIM, Revit, AI, VR world yeah. kind of infiltrate this mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at, now we're actually looking at the other side of the token and future planning of things of actually these 3D buildings that we're currently in now, that we're currently inhabiting, mm-hmm. um, are now being built in that virtual 3D world. Mm-hmm. And then even now even measured within actually a life cycle of what that 3D structure can and will do based mm-hmm. upon certain product information and certain engineering that's involved yeah. with it. Wow. Are you about to go to that level? Uh, is that, I is would that love a plan? it to go to that level, yeah. So one of the great applications of of predictive analytics is the BQI. It would be amazing to sit with Revit and have a Revit plugin that would show you, oh, if I make this design change, here's the change on the BQI graph. Here's what percentile it moves And then that's seasonal as well? Uh, I mean, we're looking in like winter, seasonal? summer, or swing seasons. What and do you ha- mean seasonal? So not, not necessarily the BQI is seasonal. I'm just saying as far as how the building reacts in different different ashtray markets. Oh. You mentioned ashtrays, so like climate zones. There's already a great software that does that. Okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, um, it's, I'm forgetting the name, but. No, we'll I, yeah. It's okay, let one. us know what it is. We'll post <laughs> it, will. we'll post it back yeah. on it's, so they can actually get it to yeah. you. That's that actually we'll, a great resource. And, and I love when somebody says they're already a great something mm-hmm, for that. Because mm-hmm. that's, that, that's the reality that some people get hung up on is like, I'll do all of it. If there's something that's already good and going, yeah. let it be, right? Well, Makes let's, sense. 
it sounds like we got to actually have a, a follow-up visit here in the next six months then. There's got to be. I'd love to. It's you know? got to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it has to happen. Th- th- that's what I love about these shows specifically is that, um, well, at least in my world. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's only his world. There's, <laughs> well, that's the one I care about. Oh. Hello. <laughs> in my world, nobody wants to hear me talk about this at all. What do you mean? Like, Friends over and the, family, over the dinner oh. table at the barbecue oh. out like in the back deck. You know what I mean? Football we, with my kids. Nerdy for them. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I'm happy to talk about it anytime. Oh. <laughs> but that's what it's great. That's what's great about these 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 uh, conventions and these these uh, shows and and such, is that you do get to align with people that uh, you know you've maybe never met before or you have met before right. but never have d- dove, dove into a certain topic. But to to be able to to I mean. Honestly, this is fascinating. Yeah, Sincerely, Claire Marie, Claire Marie no this is, and I got it right, Claire Marie. Yes, you yes did a good, good job. job. It, it is. It's, it, it really is at a place where I think we're kind of turning a, a culture of, uh, I mean, inviting that yeah. inviting that into the space where we, you know, we, we need this. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I think. A, but don't get it wrong. It's super nerdy. Oh, it's super nerdy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what I we love about it. I am happy about that. Yeah. No, that's what I we love, love about it. it. Let's get nerdy. And that's what yeah. it's so great to, to be able to share with people and, and have uh, people like yourself here, so we can we can sort of nerd out mm-hmm. and just like just it. just let it you know just be out there. Yeah, and, and it's it's phenomenal. I can't say anything but good things about you and what you've done. And, Thanks. And just a delightful uh, guest. Yeah, and and wonder, so wonderful. So much fascinating information. Such a surprise to have you come up. We I mean we got to know you through Michelle, and and, and that was a Instagram connection that, that all of a sudden turned in and be like, hey, you want to do this? And we're like, mm-hmm. yes, we absolutely want yes. to. Mm-hmm. Please. Very very pleasant surprise to have you on the Edify Studios Sincerely. podcast. It's so delightful. wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely delightful. I'm honored. Will we? <laughs> kind we're of, honored. We tie off the show with a. Um, um, uh, what we call the Edify Top Two, Ooh. right? So the Edify Top Two, Edify Top Two is where we squared. actually <laughs> <laughs> top square to the power of two, <laughs> and it, and it's based upon uh, something that you're currently obsessed with, like currently think about mm. the last like 24 hours, last last two last, things that you're just jamming oh, on. It, it can I'm be so like excited. a Netflix show, <laughs> it could song, be, be a song. I'm I'm, I'm currently loving like 90s. Um, mm-hmm. 90s top 40 right now like mm-hmm. i'm just absolutely diving into it super <laughs> deep right blame it on the rain <laughs> yeah no yeah. nope nope no. that's not it dang it anyway so go go ahead we would love to you, you know, have like, to give us two okay two points i have it and they're both oh, still they're Gosh, still in our she had both really of them like nerdy. holstered up <laughs> i'm ready Shkotska. go ahead <laughs> okay i'm gonna start with vegetated architecture vegetated architecture your term so is this your glossary so this i made like this term yeah i made it like up yeah, biomimicry so great though no it's not biomimicry okay okay vegetated architecture is any combination of vegetation and architecture oh. any combination it, so green roof vegetation. but you could also have a green wall you could have green planters you could have columns that Love have plants walls. coming Love out of it. green walls yes a- any form of mixing together buildings and plants so every time I see a project that has mixing together buildings and plants, I put hashtag, hashtag. vegetated arch. Let's let's do oh, ve- let's okay. Do <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's actually put vegetated let's, vegetated arch. vegetated arch. <laughs> I'm, <in. laughs> I'm all in. I like it. Yeah, okay. I love it. So it there's makes one. Makes me so happy. <laughs> and and we have the good fortune of li- uh, being from the Seattle side, which has mm. the Amazon spheres, which are completely vegetated. Super green. Yeah. yeah so it's actually, there's actually yeah. 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 There's like 10 million you, species you, of plants. When you come out to Seattle, uh-huh. let's 
let's hook up. And I'd let's, love to let's see go it. through and, it. We'll, and we'll, we'll put you into the spheres. Yeah. If you want to talk about vegetated architecture. Oh. Cool. Oh. I'm excited. Just amazing. Dumb. <laughs> so, okay, go. That's, that's number one. Let's go number two. The next one is in physics, the theory of entanglement. <laughs> Organic chemistry high school is coming out again. <laughs> this, so this repeat that again. Uh, I, I know. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> go, go ahead. Go it ahead. Sounds okay. like two octopus fighting. <laughs> <laughs> And what would happen naturally? <laughs> but I could be way off. Shot in the dark. <laughs> Fighting oh, or mating? Really <laughs> Shot in the dark. I got a really good visual. Okay, yes. that is a piece of art. Okay. Two oct- somebody's got to draw I'm that. Get that, tat- that, that I'm getting really that tattoo nice later tonight. <laughs> that can go on a ke- That's my that first tattoo. Keds, bro. That can go on some cats. Oh, yeah. Should, oh, each <laughs> cat has one each and they just fight? Yeah. <laughs> the one tentacle is coming onto the other foot. Shoelaces. All right, so repeat it again. I need to hear it from my brain. Okay, in physics... The theory of entanglement. The theory of entanglement in physics. All right, let's uh, let you wrap on that. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What does that mean? What okay, the scientists that? have proven that two subatomic particles in different parts of the universe affect each other through, like, the butterfly effect. Mm, no, I don't the know. Theory that of entanglement. Necessarily, the butterfly effect, but that. Two subatomic particles that are a very vast difference, physical difference, distance, like light years away from each okay. other, affect each wow. other through entanglement. Mm-hmm. Entanglement is the word for describing the effect sure. of okay. two subatomic particles on each other across so a large distance. This has just happened within the past like couple weeks or something like uh, that. Or? I don't know. I heard about it from yeah. a professor. Okay. So what was the story behind that? Did you say like, "Hey, professor, do you want to tell me about entanglement?" And he's like, "Yeah, um, let me tell you about entanglement." So I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking math, okay. extra like advanced math stuff to for fun. Im- well, it's just kind of for fun, t- but in your spare time. <laughs> it's to to support because my business. Because PQI doesn't have right. any other spare time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I, th- I think he was giving an example. Um, he was giving an example about black holes. I'm not exactly sure what the context was, but it, it was a physics example. It was a math problem that had a physics example, and then he brought up entanglement. Wow. wow. And the reason why I love that yes. is because I have always thought to myself, everything is interrelated. Sure. And nothing exists in isolation, even though we try to put things in these neat little boxes. Or the vacuums. Right. Yeah, exactly. They don't really work like that. No. no. That's just not they the can't. way the world works. It doesn't matter w- what part of the world you're in. Everything absolutely. is related. Yeah, absolutely. So it was just brilliant for me that these scientists somehow figured that out. Wow. And proved it. Well, theoretically, now our worlds are entangled. <laughs> yeah. So that is, that is now and a theor- thing. And theoretically, they have been for quite some time. That that may be more allegedly, <laughs> but space, I'm gonna go with space it. and time continuum. I was Ugh. Doc Brown, bro. I'm about to like push this flux capacitor I'll be right Marty now. McFly. Yes, Brad. Let's do I'll it. I'll be George McFly. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Again, thank you so much. Yeah, this is wonderful. It's been wonderful. For being part of a it, pleasure. For <laughs> helping us edify, for keeping the, the, everything moving, but just just for everything. Uh, s- s- sincerely, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so and give us those Absolutely. handles one more time. And give us the website. Give us the handles one more time. We want to sure. make sure we reiterate it as much as possible. Go ahead. Okay, website is arcnura.com. A R C H N E U R A dot com. Excellent. The Arcnura hashtag is Brain of Buildings. Brain mm. of Buildings. Yeah, and then my other favorite hashtag is Vegetated Arch. Vegetated Arch. <laughs> yeah. And how can they find you on social media? On Twitter and Instagram, I'm Claire A I A, spelled C L A I R A I A. 
and LinkedIn, my whole name, Claire Marie Holian. Excellent. Outstanding. And the, and the, the website, one last time, just because, uh, you know, a lot of people are still trying to write down Thanks. vegetated yeah. arch. <laughs> Arc Nura, architecture plus neuron minus the N, A R C H N E U R A dot com. Excellent. We are, we are better and smarter now uh, for having you on the show. And Yay. sincerely, once again, it was actually a very, very bright Such three o'clock event. Oh. So thank Such you so much for joining you. us. We appreciate it. Yeah, we'll catch you next time on the Edify Studios podcast. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. See you guys. Bye. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Edify Studios podcast with hosts Brad Glauser and Brad Walker. To learn more about Edify Studios, visit www.edify-studios.com. That's www.edify-studios.com. Thank you.